Welcome back to the podcast. We are starting a nine-part series in which some of the Veritas pastors and elders share some highlights from this week's Bible reading plan during the season of Lent. In today's episode, Michael Rhodes, the Estafan Ministries pastor and an elder of Veritas Church, shares some highlights from week one of our nine-week Bible reading plan. This week, we explore some of the covenants in the Old Testament which Jesus fulfilled and how this can be an encouragement for us as we live in light of the gospel today. You can engage with God's Word alongside our church family through our Bible reading plan found on our app or by picking up a bookmark at the Resource Center. Hey, Veritas, here we are in week one of this new Bible reading plan, kind of a Lent Bible reading plan, and we are starting with Genesis. Great place to start, huh? So uh, as we're in Genesis, man, it was a sweet reminder as I read through all the readings for the week, man, just to see God's hand throughout all of the beginning, right? And so you you start in Genesis 1, creation, but then you get the fall so quickly after this beautiful relationship that God has with Adam and Eve. But then it, where it just gets even more amazing, though, after that fall, um, you're hearing the consequences of Adam and Eve's sin and what they're going to face. And verse 15, kind of the memory verse of the week says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your, your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And just the incredible promise right there of Jesus to come, that he's going to be bruised, um, but ultimately he's going to crush Satan. And so this first prophecy, this first promise from God um, for his people long-term after they after the fall, uh, then you see just corruption just increase and increase, and uh, you get to the Tower of Babel where the people decide, oh, we're going to make a name for ourselves, which seems to be such a theme all throughout Scripture when it comes to sin. I want to be like God. I want to be make a name for myself because I'm not like God. I'm going to just build myself up. And God, it just it almost is hilarious. He just kind of walks down to them when they're like, we're going to build a tower up to you. And he still has to come down to them after they've worked so hard to get to him. Um, then you get God uh, bringing more covenants, uh, get, brings a covenant to Abram, um, where this whole time God's saying, like, I'm go- I've got this plan in place that I'm going to protect the seed of Eve, and I'm going to protect it through people, and uh, through Abram, and then through Isaac, and um, it just goes on and on and on. And what just came to my mind over and over, one, that you have God as the creator, but that God has a plan. God has a plan uh, for his creation from the beginning, and we don't mess that up. Um, and he's going to do everything that he needs to do to preserve that plan, to protect that plan, and he continuously protects that seed. And the times you're like, well, it's for Abram at this point. Like, how is he going to like live out or keep this promise? How's he going to do it like without a son? And then God provides. And then the story that just stuck out to me, and it's the story that is one of my favorite stories in Scripture. It's kind of a a gut-wrenching story is that Genesis 22 passage that after Abraham has waited so much time for, uh, man, for a son, and God said, this is going to be like the 
where the, the promise keeps coming through your son, and he's like, I don't even have a son. Now he finally gets the son, and God tells him, uh, Genesis chapter 22, he says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And I just thought of my, my own children, um, and, and I, I wasn't as old as Abraham or Abram when he got this promise and had Isaac, but um, just I can't imagine having to sacrifice or being told to sacrifice my children. But the crazy thing is Abraham just responds so quickly. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Just this idea that, wait, he's going to go sacrifice his son, and he's saying, hey, I'm going to go worship. Like, that God is, we talk about God being our prize and God's our greatest treasure. Like, God he prized God more than even his son that he had waited for for so long. And he went to go worship. And um, you guys know this. Many of you know the story. Uh, he's ready to sacrifice his own son because that's what the obedient thing was to do. And then God provides a ram in the thicket. Um, and it's just such a pointing to the picture you know, of Easter to come, the, res- the crucifixion, where God's going to provide a lamb for his people. And so, um, just kind of summarize all that. Um, God creates. We mess that plan up. Adam and Eve mess that plan up, and because um, they wanted to be like God, and then that Tower of Babel, they want to make a name for their, themselves. But God, throughout this whole process, even when so much evil and corruption comes up, God protects His seed. He protects His plan over and over and over. And then the most gracious thing ever is that we get to be a part of his plan, that God's people get to be a part of his plan. Like What a gracious act. He could have used so many things to fulfill his plan, but he chose to use his people. And so God has a plan. He's going to protect it. But church, you get to be a part of that plan. Um, the question is, will we have faith like Abraham? Will we trust that the Lord is good? Will we prize Him above everything else, or will we try to be like God, grab a hold of anything that we can to build up our own pride, and try to make a name for ourselves? So church, let's be like Abraham. Let's have faith. Let's trust that God's going to fulfill His plan, and be thankful that we get to be a part of that.